0: Tony is very lucky that his father is a better person than Olly. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich.
1: Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David my
0: Football
2: heritage. <laughs> no one wants
1: to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville.
2: But, unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Baller Boys podcast. I'm your host, Vis, and today I have my two usual friends, Rahul. Hello, hello. And Kaiser. Hello. So, guys, it's been a long time since we um, released the previous pod. I think it's mainly because of the fact that a lot of these games have been being postponed, right? Because of mm, That's the reason. And, yes. yeah, and that's because, the reason. Uh, we
0: are busy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because COVID, man It's taking over everything yeah. So yeah, that's we're going to discuss that And then usual, our review section So we're going to cover teams like Liverpool, City, Chelsea and Watford And in our preview section We'll be looking at the upcoming notable fixtures So with that being mm. said um, At the time of recording the Premier League are having a a meeting to uh, debate whether or not they want to postpone the festive fixtures. So these fixtures are the ones that are happening after um, the uh, Boxing Day fixtures. And uh, yeah, as you all know, um, for those of you who don't know, about six matches were called off last weekend already. And um, the impact of COVID does really affect heavily in terms of not just direct you having COVID but those who are in contact with people with COVID those who are being forced to rush in uh, back from injury because there's no you know other players uh, available right so Rahul I'm going to go to you first as a doctor yourself uh, can you give me your like your your thoughts on the impact of COVID itself you know in in football Uh, I I don't know I don't know me being a doctor adds any weight to it.
2: Talk about the variance, bro. Talk about the
0: variance. I myself <laughs> am always asking people about <laughs> what, what should I do and what should we do? So I don't think that that helps much. But I think more in listening to some of the m- managers who have been a bit more forthcoming about these things, I think namely the two Germans, so Klopp and Tuchel, have been quite vocal about the impact of it. I think... I mean, there's uh, many aspects that have been affected, but besides the obvious ones, it's the fact that preparation, I think especially the most busy period now, you know, what we traditionally see as a Christmas period as non-stop football every two to three days, you know, preparation as much as you can is really important. And this is scuppered and made almost, you know, uh, made negligible in the sense that you don't know what your squad is going to be up to about two hours before the game. You know, and if when you're put in that position, Tuchel was saying, you know, they asked for the game t- against Wolves to be postponed because they had consecutive positive tests over a few days. Then the you know that was rejected, so that means they all have to take a three-hour coach journey up to the Wolves. They have to sit in the team hotel together. They have to have dinner together all the while. Instead of being focused on the game, you're you're thinking about, oh, am I going to make the game? Is my next test going to yeah. be positive? All these things are going through their head, and I think we don't really appreciate that this definitely takes away from some of the football we're watching, you know. And I think I think that's the case with the game yesterday as well.
2: It's not just the teams themselves, right? It's the fans traveling up to those um, stadiums. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Aston Villa Burnley game, I think was that was the one that was called off literally one and a half or two hours before. before so the, people yeah. have made all sorts of... Traveling plans and also there's just so much uncertainty, and it's not helped by the fact that the Premier League don't really have a proper guideline. Uh, They have had so much time. This COVID has been around for how long? They got past a certain point. They managed to start the season properly, and yet they don't have proper parameters as to what constitutes a postponed game. So now some teams are revealing who their COVID players are. Some have less players. So actually, if you have like some of your key players like two or three COVID, then you can maybe say like, oh, guys, maybe we should postpone because like we have a lower chance of winning that game or something. So it's just such a mess, basically. And like Rahul says, at the time where the games are back to back. so.
0: And I think that's the thing, right? Is the transparency. I guess they don't reveal what the exact protocols are because they don't want to, for some reason, they don't want to reveal which players are missing through COVID and which players are missing through injuries. But then, then you're put in a position where technically, you know, players like, Kovacic yesterday players like Milner players like Keita who are technically fit you know they, they yeah. don't have an actual injury and full time training but they shouldn't yeah. be playing 90 minute games you I mean, know? yes so exactly when the call comes back about you know people are talking about oh but they're not really ill with COVID it's not about that it's about everything else you know and we if, if people are actually concerned about player safety if the league is actually concerned about this hmm. then there has to be a bit more um, transparency there has to be more sort of unity in the decisions that are made for example we, we still don't know how many Man United players were positive for COVID yeah, we don't know how yeah, many Frankfurt players exactly. how come their games were called off how come the Chelsea request was rejected you know yeah, so this yeah. uh, you know and then we are going to talk a bit about the refereeing later so all these type of things about you know we try to make the competition as fair and as equal but it doesn't seem that way like, you know over the past few weeks which is a shame
1: yeah, so I don't think it's gonna you know end anytime soon. I don't know how the league is gonna adapt. Um, as you said, their focus is on you know player safety, but I don't see it that way. Their focus is on generating as much revenue they can from their yep. streaming of For the game. Sure. So, so yeah, yeah. Okay, enough of that. I think we'll move on to uh, review our first fixture, which happened just last night, uh, the Liverpool and Spurs game. So Spurs. Played Liverpool at home and the final score was 2 2. A lot of drama in that game. I watched that game myself. Rahul Kaiser, I'm sure you guys did too. So, um, yeah, why don't you straight dive into the game?
2: Yeah, I think firstly on the Liverpool side, um, yeah, when I saw the lineup, I was like, what's going on here? But um, Fabinho, no Fabinho, no Van Dyke, which is always a, a big miss uh, for Liverpool, but the downgrade. Mm.
1: Notiago as well
2: Notiago, uh, yeah. Henderson And so the downgrades were huge right? Morton, Milner and Keita In midfield uh, Where Milner and Keita have not played 90 minutes since their injury, So it was a really uh, Choppy lineup basically um, And on Spurs side I think they s- Generally they had their, Most of their first team Uh, Players right And playing with And Dombele wings And Dele Even they
1: also had to have Like a makeshift midfield Like wings Dele Ale And Dombele I don't think that Three have started together In a while In fact you know So to be fair To both teams This game Shouldn't have gone on Anyway You know But yeah yeah, But they still played And uh, yeah So I think there were A lot of uh, incidents During the game Which led to a lot of drama Which led to Klopp Getting a yellow card as well and uh, yeah, why don't we talk about the first incident, Rahul? The 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 Kane supposed red. I personally thought that's a straight red, but uh, as to why it wasn't a red, I don't know. You maybe you want to elaborate on that.
0: Uh, I think we if we want to talk about the refereeing decision, especially the Kane, well, the Kane one is the first one. We have to talk about the whole refereeing performance as a whole, right? Mm. Mm, and I mm. think then, if you want to talk about whole refereeing performance as a whole, you have to talk about the structure of the r- how it's supposed to go. So obviously you've got the on-field referee. Who's is it? Is it Paul? It was Paul Tierney yesterday. Yeah. Yes. And then yes. you had Chris Kavanagh. You know, stood in Stanley Park. Uh, I was not not Stanley Park. Wherever they d- have the VAR normally, the point mm. of VAR is, or well, what we are told is that you know whatever clear or obvious decisions are missed, you have to flag it up, and you know that that's the role Chris Kavanagh's role. I don't see how that that wasn't a clear and obvious mistake to begin with, right? And the re- if, if you don't think that's a clear and obvious mistake, fine. You don't flag it up. You think it's a yellow card offence. But if Robertson's foot is planted on the ground there and he doesn't jump as he did, that's yeah. possibly a leg break. That's possibly yeah. a really bad injury, and I have no yeah. doubt in my mind that that's a red card. So fine, you give Paul Tierney the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the angle he was stood at and stuff he can't yeah. see from that point of view. But what the hell is Chris Kavanaugh doing stood there when I mean, you've got the benefit of 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 uh, oh, looking replays. at the replay, which again yeah. fine. You want to caveat it and you want to say, oh, you know he's you know in the in the in the uh, in the in the thing of he's trying mm-hmm. to let the game play. He oh, he doesn't okay. want to make but then why then does he flag it up for the Robertson uh, uh, red card later on in the game yeah. do you yeah. know what I mean so I, I think if he had let the Robertson one go as well and he didn't ask Paul Tierney to go and look at the it wouldn't then, have been that bad right it, well yeah. not that bad I think it's still wrong I think both of them yeah, are both yeah. red cards <laughs> But yeah, it has yeah. to be consistent. It has to be consistent within the league. It has to be consistent mm-hmm. within games. But you have to be consistent within a single game. The like game, exactly. You, you know exactly what I mean? Right. Like That is the problem here. That is the problem. And then you look at the other sort of incidents in the game. I don't know how that's not a penalty on Jota. Penalty, yeah. Even Jota, I, Jota, yeah. I think, yeah. You know, I he had this came feeling straight royal. away watching the game. <laughs> and you know, obviously, because I always try to... When we're doing these things, you always try to be... As neutral as possible, not, right? Yeah. But there's no way. I've watched it again on match today. I've seen the reactions to it. I've heard people talk about it. There's no way that's not a penalty. Paul Tierney is really the audacity to say to Klopp afterwards, "Oh, I didn't give it because Jota stopped. So what? Is a penalty? Yeah. <laughs>
1: what does that is. have to do with anything? Yeah, oh, oh, what, 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 he we had
0: no yeah.
2: intention to play the and ball. Right? Jota was, in, pos- in, was bunch, in, the pos- in possession of the ball as well. It's not like he was yeah. far away or. or you it. Know,
0: I don't know how more blatant and obvious you can be. So I don't it is difficult because I think Spurs do deserve credit for the game but if Cherry kane goes off and you're playing 10 men right I think Man, that that is yeah, a big from change such in early the stage. game you, yeah, you let that go that penalty goes in 2-1 first half that's a different game once again so you know right. that that's what I mean about fair and you know making it a fair sort of league throughout everything has to be consistent if not you're taking away from from the result
2: and to emphasize about the con- lack of consistency, basically, uh, Emerson Royale did a similar foul later on, but even softer, like soft push, and he gave it as a free kick. And that's when Klopp went berserk. Because like, how can yeah. you give that as a free kick? And then the earlier one, which was so much more obvious, was not. a um, penalty, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. saying that, Matip also got away with a nudge On wings It was edge of the box Could have been outside the box Yeah Uh, Yeah. But that was Could have But that wasn't as bad as the Royal one Royal one one, yeah It was a lot faster and stronger You see the
1: thing is right The way I'm looking at it right Last week's games There were so many Penalties Soft penalties given and they would have had like a meeting and they would have thought like, mm. okay, look, we've given away too many yeah. soft penalties. Uh, let's go to the other end of the spectrum mm. and the other extreme, yeah. you know, that which is sense, why yeah. they, which is stupid if you ask me. Yeah. You're never going to find consistency like that, right? No. Yeah. no. sorry. Actually, And that,
0: and the reason I think it's frustrating is because, let's not be funny, right? If you're Liverpool, you're looking at it again, you're, l- you're probably looking at only two teams. It's probably City and then to a lesser extent, Chelsea. And if you look at the context of both those two games, City, I mean, I, I don't fine, I don't think it would have made a difference to the result against Newcastle. But how is that not a penalty on Ryan Fraser as well? Yeah,
1: that, yeah, what, exactly. Like, what are you talking about? Like, the argument was that it was because Cancelo, Cancelo came already away got the possession so of what? the ball. So you can so barge. You can, so you into can someone in a box <laughs> yeah. even though he doesn't have the <laughs> ball. Not what, yeah.
0: what are you talking about? <laughs> and then you look at it yeah. from the other point of view two weeks ago against Wolves. That's not a penalty. That's not a handball. Yeah, but City not, get the rubber yeah. the green that way and they get a penalty. Mm. And I don't think, uh, let, let's be clear, there's no sort of bias or anything against City. But when you don't yeah. have the consistency across games, across weeks, this is what happens. And sometimes, you know, teams either fare favorably or unfavorably, which takes away from the integrity of the results, you know. So it's very
1: frustrating from that point of view. And yeah, okay, enough of that. Let's just talk about the game <laughs> itself. Because I think it was one hell of a game. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I thought Spurs played pretty well uh, to a certain extent. I think you know, whenever they got the ball, they sort of made proper use of it, and they did have a bunch of chances, which you know, on a different day, they could have scored maybe three goals. And yeah, just let's let's just talk about Spurs, you know, in general, Raúl. I think you know, you've you've said that Conte has got the squad upping levels already. And um, I thought the performances from uh, Winks, especially, Dele Ali and Ndombele, I think the three of them played very, very well. And I just want to get your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I think a lot of the talk before, well, not before, but as Conte was coming into Spurs, his people, you know, Chelsea fans and Inter fans were saying, don't be surprised if there's some players who you sort of discounted who are the ones who make a difference. Uh, so Senyon, I thought yesterday was really good in the sense that he kept, Salah relatively quiet. He kept Trent relatively quiet. And those obviously two of the main, you know, two of many outlets, but two of the main outlets that Liverpool have attacking-wise. And I think that's why Liverpool were actually quite limited in their their chances. But I think where Spurs really did well uh, was the midfield setup? You know, Wings, um, Ndombele and Dele were so good, not just on the ball, but I think they were much better in the Liverpool midfield every second ball. You know, And that's normally where Liverpool shine. Liverpool shine in the sense that if they don't win that first ball, that second ball is theirs and that's how they spring all their attacks. Spurs didn't let them do it and they flipped it the other way. They were so quick to the second balls and they were just turned. Son and Kane, boom. The moment they see that turnover, yeah. they were through. And I, I think you're doing a disservice to, to Spurs by saying it could have been 3-0, could have been more.
2: That first twenty
0: minutes, it could have been three 0 Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Allison saving
2: us multiple times again, and uh, yeah. yeah, they definitely dominated uh, our midfield. Not just, I mean, they bypassed the midfield a lot. Actually, they they um, intercepted usually when we misplaced a pass in midfield, and then they broke with uh, Kane and Son so easily and found so much space. Yeah, um, and so
1: effectively as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it sort of reminded me of the game against City where Spurs played City, mm. and how they were so. So whenever they got the ball They made 100% use of it And you know Managed to win 2-0 That one under Jose mm. You know I, I remember that with But uh, Yeah with Burgoyne And I don't know why But I don't think they can play like this Every game This You know They're playing a team uh, like Liverpool, who's going to come at them, and they've survived, and you know almost got the better of them. But like, yeah, um, how are they going to play the more conservative games? Like, how are they going to break teams down? I think we're still yet to see that. Yeah. But even in early stages, we can see. Look at the amount of, look at the energy levels that you know that that Spurs are displaying now. Like you said, Raul, they're winning the second balls, things like that. That comes down to you know your hard work, the grit, you know your fitness of how you you know you can sustain that level of performance throughout the 90 minutes and i and I, i'm quite interested to see how Spurs will be moving forward Definitely, I think. But the only caveat, I mean, the 100% is a positive thing. The only
0: caveat is to say is that obviously Spurs haven't played in three weeks, which again, yeah, yes. I guess you could say they might have been out of rhythm, but they've had a bit of a rest during a busy period.
2: Yeah, they were the first wave, right, of COVID outbreak. Of co- well, so they mm-hmm. had the
0: snow. It, was, it wasn't even COVID at Burnley. It was snow, right? It was weathered. Oh, to yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it was two two games for COVID. So I think that's that's one thing. Obviously, he's had more time on the training ground, which definitely you can see has made a difference. But the second caveat is, I don't think they'll they'll face many teams who would have a weak as m- a weak midfield that Liverpool did yesterday, and still try to play front foot. Even with ten men, mm. Liverpool were still playing, you know, very front foot football and things. Yeah. And I don't think you you get these type of opportunities against the bottom sort of thirteen teams. The only team I can see them doing this kind of suicidal shit is Leeds. Leeds, and you know how that ends up, lah. You know, yeah. so no, I mean. There has to, you. You have to look at it. The Liverpool midfield at Tyler Morton, who is basically a child, and then Milner, who's just come back from injury. Now Biketa and Milner should not play that 90 minutes, and you know yeah. it was forced in that way. But looking at that, they took full advantage of it, and you can only play
1: what's in front of you. So yeah, full credit mm. to them. All right. Would you would you say this fixture uh, in itself, like, is it pivotal to the title race? Would you say? I don't know. I mean, I'm just stirring the pot here, but. Do you think like this has given City the extra push like, okay, fine, these guys are dropping points, but let's just keep going. you think it's quite important that these points were dropped? here? Would you say? I, I don't know.
0: It's hard to, you know, whether it's pivotal or not, I think you can only say at the end. But what I can mm. say is that definitely over the past five, six years, it's taken away what we used to call a good draw. You know, a mm. good draw used to be things for in you know, a Liverpool context, you go to Goodison Park, you go to Old Trafford, and you come away with a draw, you you're like, That's fantastic. It's That's yeah, a good draw. There's yeah. no such thing as a good draw now. There's no such yeah. thing. And if you say there's mm. no such thing as a good draw, then yesterday wasn't a good result. Maybe if you take into the context of, you know, the COVID submission yeah, you know, could oh, have la. been three line four up. up. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe you can say that was a good point in that context. But in terms of a title race is important, Is important. Three points, you know, people say is is, is not a lot, but I think when three becomes four, lot. four <laughs> becomes six, then yeah, that, yeah. I and I the mean, it really has like to start somewhere, to right? Now. I think
2: I exactly. it's, more, it's more comparative as well. It's just because how well City have been doing, which we'll touch on later.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, so moving on to the next fixture, uh, I would like to talk about Chelsea against Wolves, Kaiser. So as we know, um, they've had what, two wins in their last five uh, Premier League games Chelsea and they're going through, I would say, maybe not terrible form. No, not great lah. Really not great. As opposed to how they started the season right now, they're looking quite bad. And yeah, they've dropped, you know, seven points to non-title challenges and, you know, they drew against Wolves, drew against Everton, they lost to West Ham. And yeah, Kaiser, what do you want to just highlight on this?
2: Yeah, so definitely cause for concern i think there's some um very worrying form uh some key players to highlight i think mount has been on fire st- stepping up in the absence of their their strikers um, they just got kante back uh, for the wolves game uh, and after he returned surprise surprise they get a clean sheet first one in six epl games um, and so i mean remember start of the season we were raving about uh, Chelsea's defence along with uh, City's but in recent times without Kante they've really shown that they've, um, they are susceptible at the back uh, another reason could be because Alonso is playing uh, instead of Chilwell which some people say is more suspect defensively uh, they're having contract issues with Rudiger Christensen Aspi, Thiago Silva all reaching their um, last uh, season Like five centre-backs
0: all at the same time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally. And so apparently, yeah, there's some contract concerns there, I think, because obviously everyone's asking for (laughs) increased money at the same time. Um, And so that's one side of the problem. But Lukaku as well, the big signing of the season, who we all, I think we all predicted he would get... um, Top scorer yeah but i i 11. i
1: said he wasn't worth the 100 million i remember i wasn't so <laughs> yeah was it's quite negative it's tough
2: to say because he has had been realistic looking hindsight <laughs> he, hindsight <laughs> you, you saw you saw his five week injury ankle injury coming <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have an ankle bro
1: he has a canker <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah so after the injury he also had uh COVID isolation he had to go through so uh, it's tough to judge him uh, this season so far, but even before that, he had a sort of a goal drought before his injury. Yes. Um, and so, and they have missed him uh, largely. Their three home games they drew to everton Burnley United, they dominated it but just couldn't um, finish off their chances. So chances, yeah. I was wondering, you know, they have Werner, they have used Harvard, but should they have kept Abraham as another similar target man, you know? See,
1: uh, more than Lukaku being a big miss I mean, Chelsea have always been a team Where, you know, defence has been their priority And right now, they're not looking good Defensively I mean, I think Mendy has been Saving their asses a few times already Yeah And, um, yeah, I just want to understand Kaiser. I don't know if you know Exactly the answer to this But why do you think Their defence has been the way it is? Or you think it, they've just Like, sort of reverted to the mean And this is how they actually should be?
2: Yeah, I think like I mentioned Yeah, Kante, no Kante. Yeah, yes. no Kante I think is a big big uh, uh-huh. issue. Um, okay um 'cause I think the defence apart from that is reasonably settled. Uh when Kante is around I think he provides a big, big um shield, shield in front of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I like think that is plays. really big, Yeah, basically. It's a cheat code on uh, having Kante uh, basically. Yeah, and I
1: think for some reason I would say Chilwell was more effective offensively. Not to say Alonso is not but i think chilwell adds another dimension to you know chelsea's game m- mainly due to the fact because he's so pacey as well and uh, he can risk going forward much more because he has the ability to you know sort of track back which i don't think mm. alonso has yeah. so uh, yeah it, it seems a bit weird right now and yeah you know they're also stricken with a lot of covid cases as well and it's just not going well i would say for Chelsea in terms of...
0: I, I, I've only just thought of this now, but like, you know, the fact that you just said, should they have kept Abraham? I think there's mm-hmm. no other players in the squad who are similar to Lukaku. So the fact that, you know, when they were trying to fit Lukaku in, I think they were trying to, not accommodate him, but you're trying to find a way to play to bring the best out of him, right? Your 100 million pound striker. Yeah. And then when he's injured, you don't have someone who can perform a similar role. So then you have to make do with that and play a different type of football so I think there have Mm -hmm. been two sort of points in the season now where Thomas Tuchel has had to sort of change and adapt and try to get the best out of his squad and you know I think that's what we're seeing now like you know they're falling short on either way so then then, now again the trouble is oh how do I get the team to play with Lukaku because he's coming back from injury Yeah. but I can't play that way when he's not in the team because there's no other player in the team who can do what he does So I think it's, it's, it's I don't know, I don't know uh, if this is true, I don't know if this is what what is going on, but it's just a thought that came into my head when the rest of the squad is so different to Lukaku and the way they played last year with Harvard's, Pulisic's, you know, sort of playing false nine positions interchangeable. So, So it's definitely, I mean, it's a problem of their own making, but it's definitely something that has made Thomas Tom Thomas Tuchel's life more <laughs>
2: difficult, You know, I think <laughs> new nickname. But yeah, I think we've discussed this chicken and egg issue. Whether they would create this many chances uh, because they're so fluid now, right? Without Lukaku, uh, yeah. but at the same time, yeah, then there's no finisher to, mm. to finish off the chances.
1: Fair, fair. But you know, to be to be real, I mean, they they are titled, you know, contenders, and they can't you know afford to lose more points because Liverpool and City keep. Winning If not Liverpool City I mean the, the, They're the team We're going to talk about next And yeah Before we move on to City uh, The next four fixtures For Chelsea They have Villa away And then That's going to be tough yep. And yep. Uh, we're going to yeah Preview that as well And then they have Brighton at home Liverpool at home Man City away Then they have Tottenham at home So all the tough games Are coming now And yeah These are the sort of games Where they cannot be Drawing and losing They should be winning So yeah, that's we'll, a see. we'll see We'll see yeah yeah so we'll see how yeah, how they yeah. cope um on the other hand let's talk about potential title winners again rahul your favorite team uh you've been banking on city for the longest time you know even when me and kaiser were like no 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 looks like chelsea gonna take this one but you're like nah man city city and uh yeah so after losing to crystal palace in october city you know when they were wo- they lost two 0 we reviewed that i i remember reviewing that fixture and Ever since then they've won eight in a row. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, and, surprise. Yeah, surprise, surprise. I think we called <laughs> so it. Annoying. There's one team that can go on a on a run. Like like you know, they're like an onslaught. They just win everything in their way. And yeah, there's a new stat for them now. So after beating Newcastle in their last game, they didn't even play well that, that Newcastle game, that 4 0 that they won. They didn't play well. But right now they hold the record for most wins in a calendar year and also for the most away wins in a calendar year. And they've just been They've just been City. La. That's that's what they've been. So I just want to ask you all, before I deep dive into City itself, what do you think has changed um, as opposed to, you know, before, like how they were getting counter-attacked too easily. You know, there was this period, same time around last year where they, they sort of had to fight for a, a win against Southampton. I remember that 1-0 win, they had to grind out. But a lot has changed. So I want to ask you all from what you've watched, what do you think is the main difference? Uh, I think...
0: Is not as in the, compared to the results against Palace and Southampton, I don't think anything mm. has changed, but I think in the fact that like, if City don't get their way quite early on and they find they're on a you know it's just it's just not their day, then it normally leads to a result where they drop points. But that doesn't yeah. happen often, la You know that doesn't yeah. happen often. And then you look at the game on the weekend. against Newcastle when they get gifted a bloody goal like that.
1: Yeah. You know
0: you know I mean it's game it's game over. You have yeah. to be perfect. You have to be perfect and things have to really align for you to have to stand any chance against the chance city against squad. city. To and be fair
1: know, to City, right? I think Newcastle's defending was terrible that game. They're awful. You, awful you saw awful the first game. So I cannot wait so for them. So bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are just awful team. You know, with the takeover and everything, <laughs> even
2: more, I just, I can't wait for them. billion, that. Ri- billion pounds But then still, the like, still,
0: I was just, I, I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights. I was like, like, the first thing I would say to any team going against City, just don't make it easy. You know what I mean? They yeah, find it easy
1: just, anyway. Don't fucking make it easy. Like, what? Uh, yeah. It's so annoying. So Kieran The Ruben Diaz goal there. was the highlight for me. I think that was the... The funniest goal out of the lot, yeah. Where <laughs> the defenders, the centre back, just sort of let it bounce. The keepers yeah. let it bounce, <laughs> and they were waiting for someone to hit the so ball. Comical. You know? So comical, it, it really looked like like school football. Like <laughs> that's something. I mean, they're like, don't let the ball bounce. You know, that's the first rule, right? Yeah, In defending. Yeah.
0: yeah. See, we think with City is, you look at the squad, you look at the players that have been there and the experience they've got in absolutely destroying this league, not once or twice, but three times, <laughs> is always, you know, it's always, I don't think it's much about what the opposition do in getting a result against them. It's more about whether City on uh, on it or not on that yeah. day. You know, Crystal yeah. Palace and Southampton were the anomalies. It was one of those days where it just wasn't clicking. I don't think it's anything to do with their Off style me. of play. I don't think it's anything to do yeah. with... Uh, You know, uh, we thought at that time maybe it was sort of tactical tweaks where they weren't letting Rodri get on the ball as much. I don't think it was that. I think it was just one of those days where City were just off the boil. Because, and it doesn't happen often, like you said, eight in a row. They've scored 12 goals, considered zero in the last three games. That's bonkers, man. You don't. Yeah, win. You've scored you scored eleven
1: goals in the last two games alone. In the last two games, lead seven zero, Newcastle four zero. I remember only. we had
2: the discussion whether they need a striker up front, striker or not. It ah. Seems seems yeah. they're yeah. doing fine. Since they don't, ah. without because Cancelo is a extra midfielder basically. Not yeah, yeah. literally, Madden and that's why coming
0: back to like why I sort of be before the season started without predictions, it was always City for me. Is there's so many things in their favor that. It, it, takes it. it takes miracles. It takes miracles and like really mad outperformance over a 38 game year period to beat them. And the odds are just not there. As you know, Chelsea have got a brilliant squad, a good manager, and even then they find it difficult. Liverpool have got a brilliant manager. Maybe the squad is lacking. And that's when you see mm. when you have to put Tyler Morton in number eight, that you yeah. have to drop points. City yeah. made three changes for that game. And ended up with a front four of Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, <laughs> Riyad Mahrez, and Gabriel Jesus. Wow. Are you joking? Make three That's changes to <laughs> Liverpool's <laughs> front four and see what you end up with. <laughs> origi, bro. Oh, origi. Yeah. Uh, do you know Minamino. what I mean? So this is yeah, the level yeah. where we are. And like I think it's... I don't know, like, maybe it's because I'm a Liverpool fan. You, you look at it from this <laughs> point of view. So you find it hard to be complimentary of something which should happen. Do you see what I mean? It's the same thing yeah. in Germany. Bayern Munich win the league why no one's rolling out the red carpet and applauding them because it, it should be.
2: You yeah. know, it should mm. be. That yeah. should
0: be the case. Um so but yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised. I think they'll come out of this Christmas period probably even further ahead than they are already. Mm. Um Yeah. And yeah, I think I think they will they will tie up another one lah at the end of the season probably.
1: Yeah, I just wanna highlight um I think a key player for them right now uh is Bernardo Silva. And uh, I don't know if we've, if we've talked about him in the previous sports or not, but I don't think we, like, thoroughly spoke about his game. And uh, I think he's been phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, he's won City's Player of the Month third time in a row now. That's a new club record. And uh, I just want to ask you guys, you think he was always this good? Like, all this while? Or would you say... Obviously not. I mean, he's got seven goals in 17 games already this season. And you <laughs> compare two goals in the league... In 26 games last season. So yeah. there has to be a difference, right? I think
2: it's interesting this season because his output is really impressive as well. I think really, there's some really there's some seasons where it's like a genie Wijnaldum kind of factor, you know? Like, you know he's effective and he's doing what the manager wants. But yeah. it's, you don't see it in the output. Uh, but this season, he's just been really instrumental to to, he's playing center mid he's playing right wing he's playing everywhere everywhere and still so effective so and he's a hard worker he's creative he's nimble like yeah he can dribble he can shoot yeah he
1: can can do a bit of everything actually he's a very very smart player extremely smart player and um before in the previous seasons he always had that that usual uh, start you know in the in the center and then drift out wide to allow sterling or sane back then to cut inside and smash it but this season his his role has evolved quite a bit and he's basically if you play him on fifa he's free roam he's <laughs> all over the pitch yeah. depending on the game how it is how it's structured you know he can play a false nine like how he played against united he can play on the wing he can even he can even defend like against liverpool he you know he helped out to yeah, <coughs> to a certain extent And yeah, depending on the game And the way City plays is, is Their wingers are so extremely wide They stretch play like that And Bernardo and Gundo Have so much space forward in the middle To exploit And that's what's been working for them Essentially against Leeds That's how they played against Newcastle as well and yeah, he's just a smart player and he's so good at timing his runs. That's another thing that Pep also always loves to highlight. Is the fact that this, these are he, his words, he doesn't like players in the box. He likes players arriving in the box and Bernardo Silva is so good at that. We saw Gundogan doing that last season. Remember he had this one spell where he was so good at doing that. And I think um, Bernardo has also benefited definitely from how Cancelo has been playing this season as well. You know, And yeah, th- everything seems to be going well for them And uh, if you were to watch City's highlights against Leeds Not just the seven goals that they scored But look at the, the extended highlights of the goals that they actually missed Some of their patterns of play were so, so good They're so fluid, they're so good at One thing City, I would say, is so good at is If not, I think the best in the league is As soon as they win possession back, right? From like a tricky situation They know how to control the game immediately You know, mm. it's on the feet everybody knows where everyone is and they're so fluid in that sense when they when they turn in transition and and yeah that's that's basically yeah. what and city I, is all about i think there is
2: an advantage to not having a focal point or so like uh, yeah but uh, Bernardo, Foden, all these like can interchange and, and just interchange. confuse
1: the hell out of the opposition. Exactly, like, it's so difficult to defend against that way, you know.
2: And they're so tactically smart and all right? that. can the yeah. way they rotate and everything. I think is a nightmare for
1: yeah people to defend. And and they're pretty well drilled. It's obvious, you know. They're really like a machine that you know it keeps getting better, better, better. And yeah, their next four fixtures are Leicester. Then they play Brentford, Arsenal. Chelsea And to be fair with you with The form that the teams are in I don't see them I see them winning all these games All these four games You know The, the form they're running Unless Something You know uh, Bad happens with COVID Or something Then maybe But other than that Yeah They're looking good uh, Alright guys I think we haven't had a break yet So we've spoken about Three teams already Let's just take a quick break And we'll catch you with Watford <laughs> So the final team that we're going to review in this section would be Watford. And um, besides that, you know, thumping of Man United 4-1 Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's last game, (laughs) (laughs) they've lost all four after that. And uh, yeah, they started positively. And uh, yeah, seven losses in nine games. So Rahul, I want to ask you, what has Ranieri done? How has his impact been with Watford, would you say? Um,
0: I guess from the results, you can't really say, you know, is as, as expected from a Watford point of view. That sort of new manager bounce has not manifested in, in points. Um, like you said, in the last nine games, seven losses and two wins coming against Everton and United. But the rest of them have been against, I guess, r- relatively strong opposition. Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea, City... So then, I guess the most disappointing part of that, and I think, what Watford fans were holding up for, was a good performance against Brentford, which is the last game they played. Um, surprisingly, again, Ranieri changes up the midfield, so he doesn't start Luza who played a really good, has been playing really well against Chelsea NCT, Cleverley and City, alongside Cleverly and Sissoko, and Kuchka was really poor. I don't know if it, I mean it's uh, it's hard to just blame one player, but him. <laughs> Together with the other two just weren't working. Passes were just not happening as they were previously. And this was evidenced by a really low pass completion rate. I think it was like 57% or something like that. Mm, uh, Ngakia fills in at left back because Danny Rose isn't quite up there in terms of fitness and Massina is coming back from injury. So, I mean, he to be fair to Raniyari, he's really had to chop
1: and change the team <laughs> I like your notes shit. here. <laughs> with <laughs> Masina injured and Rose just being shit. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I remember in remember
0: remember? our pre season pot shitting on him yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh,
2: at least I want to talk. <laughs> I couldn't believe Renier already started playing him back again. Like. I was like, oh. The only so, person who hides him up
1: is Ben Foster on, on, on his YouTube On his YouTube <laughs> Absolute uh, legend. Yeah, so, <laughs> this guy's a top guy. He's an absolute
2: legend. Top geezer.
0: Fucking gets batted <laughs> by Liverpool five, and he's like, Mo Salah, what a play! What oh, a legend! Yeah. <laughs> just got fucked five. Just I've elite. got Sanchez, right Parky, upper
1: grabs. Leave a comment down below. Follow me on Instagram. The running keeper. Like <laughs> and subscribe. Concentrate
0: on your football. Stop <laughs> your YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I mean to be fair, I think Foster has been the better keeper out of him and Buckman So again, that's a loss that he's been injured with his groin problem. Uh, th- I mean, we almost forgot about. Saar being injured with, you know, Emmanuel Dennis and Josh King scoring a few goals here and there. But I think that the problem isn't probably in the attack. It's more in their defence.
2: Mm. Tross
0: yeah. Kong seems to be making mistakes here and there. I think in against Leicester, he was responsible for one of the goals. He gave away the penalty against Brentford to make it 2-1 mm. to them. So I think, you know, he he does have a hard job, no doubt. But I think they really need some results and they really need some actual points on the board. If not, it's looking pretty bleak. Um, yeah. You know, I th- think from a positive point of view, I think we could talk about Emmanuel Dennis. Um, yeah. You know, he's okay. really found a bit of form under Ranieri. Two goals in his first eight games, and then now he's scored five in the next five. Uh, five in the next eight. <laughs> you know, the, the eight, eight just yeah. gone, which is pretty impressive for, uh, you know, a, a team who's in, what, 18th or 19th position. The only problem with that is we like to talk about stats a bit on the pod, and, you know, his numbers aren't great. And normally, you know, we make exceptions for these kind of things. You know, players like Vardy, players like Son who are elite finishers, we think, fine, maybe this can carry on. Every
2: season. Exactly. But for Somala, Emmanuel,
0: Dennis, I think this is more akin to maybe a Ben Rama rather than, you know, a Son or Vardy. I think the the numbers will drop off. So when you're taking away a team that keeps on conceding loads of goals, keeps on having to chop and change their defensive Personnel, and then you take away like the one bright spot in Emmanuel Dennis. So even if he carries on his con, you know, goal scoring form, there's a bit of confusion about whether he goes to Afcon
1: or not. Afcon or not, yeah. Know, yeah. Like we, I think for this,
2: sm- f- for these smaller teams, you mentioned the defense, right? I think we see this. Uh, we saw this with Sheffield United when they went down. They lost their two centre back pairings. I mean, mm. it can really affect these uh bottom half teams, you know, who don't have the strength in depth like the other teams do, and it leads this season you see how much they've fallen when they've uh, lost their two centre-back pairing. They've fallen, bro. Fallen hard, man. And And I think
0: people always say that attacking... Well, scoring goals is harder in the Premier League than anywhere else. So, if you're getting limited chances Mm -hmm. to score goals, but then your defence is not doing their job, then I think it makes life very difficult. Mm -hmm. So, again, I mean... I said Watford were gonna go down, so I'm hoping it'll happen. So well, uh, you know, it's just for my own. Together in Norwich, But I think they were pretty unlucky in terms of the way this whole COVID situation is falling. You know, falling in place. They've had the. You know, obviously they played a Brentford game mm. and lost. Then on paper, it should have been Burnley and Palace next. I think both of those have been postponed mm. now. So then now with those two games out of the way, they play Wolves, possibly West Ham, and then Leicester. How many points do you see them taking from those three? Uh, I don't know even in the most optimistic maybe 3 maybe 4 is that good enough you know when they could have possibly been looking at 6 against Burnley and Crystal Palace so he's yeah. got a tough job like, I think you know Watford have a tough job and um they they probably will struggle especially as you know the, this
1: this busy period and
0: covid on top of that
1: All right I think that pretty much wraps up our review segment so we'll catch you in our preview section where we'll discuss Villa Chelsea, City Arsenal and Chelsea against Liverpool. Catch you in the next segment. Alright guys, so uh, for this first uh, fixture, sorry, what am I saying? <laughs> for the first fixture in this segment <laughs> that we want to discuss would be Aston Villa, versus Chelsea and this Villa at home uh, against Chelsea and I think this would be a very, very tricky game for Chelsea and okay, I'm not going to spoil it okay, I'm just going to say it I think Villa are going to get something here against Chelsea I, Villa are not going to lose that's what I think and Rahul since uh, you've done this part so why don't you take it away so yeah, I think Steve, Steve I've,
0: I couldn't help myself but sort of be more invested in Aston Villa since Steven Gerrard has taken over Steve for G. all these reasons Stevie G Uh, but uh, yeah 12 points from six games is no joke uh when you know of those six games they played man city and liverpool so he's definitely yeah had that new manager bounce uh i guess two ways to look at it the more optimistic of villa fans who say that he's really you know the tactics and he's sort of milking more out of the players but i think you could also look at it from a more Realistic point of view and just say Dean Smith maybe wasn't getting the best out of these players because that's a, it is a strong SWAT that it was invested in pretty significantly over the last yes. two seasons so maybe he's yes. just getting yeah. the players to play at where they should the be. Either way, either way this is a positive. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but you know we look at players like Marvellous Nakamba who was you know Speaking of Villa fans, like they used to hate him. He's been one of their better players <laughs> since Steven Gerrard's come in. McGinn, Mink, Konza, you know, all these core sort of players have been playing very well, and that's always a positive sign. What excites me the most is the things he does with uh, players like Jacob Ramsey and Chuck. I can't pronounce his last name, but basically the boys from the Villa youth academy. <laughs> uh, Jacob Ramsey, just as we record now, you know, the last game against Norwich, fantastic solo goal. Uh, Steven Gerrard has ma- been a big admirer of him even before his Villa days so um,
2: you know exciting times a, yeah he's made a big call to not play Ings from the start as well and yeah, uh, yeah went definitely. with Watkins up front and now putting his faith with, in the youth as well so he's really sort of uh, put his foot down and set the team how he wants to set it up
1: so I then think with Chelsea yeah sorry,
0: sorry no, no. go on I was just going to say all positive signs for sure
1: yeah, for Villa, I think they they look they're definitely looking the stronger team heading into this fixture. With, you know Chelsea, we, we covered it earlier. You know the, the run of poor form, um, with injuries then compounded by COVID cases as well. And yeah, I think Tuka was making the point where while the first XI you know looks strong on paper, um, you know there are a lot of players we, we mentioned this earlier where they are not actually ready to play, but they have to play the full ninety minutes, and that's going to be an issue. Yeah, and, for uh, sure,
0: and I think to yeah. to def like we said, like you know, if you're competing with a team like City, you need luck. As 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 annoying as it is to say, and I think Chelsea mm. are just not getting that that piece of luck that that yeah. they need to stay in the challenge. Well, and then uh, you know maybe this is just the case with it, it's a season too early for them. Tuchel only has had what only only just
2: over half a season before the season mm. started. Yeah, I think the expectations are raised when he won the Champions League when he League. won the Champions League, obviously. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: for sure. But it's not a long time.
1: So how do yet. you see the game panning out though, like?
0: Uh I think similar to what you said, I think Villa will pose a problem that Chelsea have struggled with, just like how Wolves did yesterday. Mm. Um, yeah, possibly. I think Steven Gerrard. will be looking in all these games. So if you look at the City game and the Liverpool game, it was more about him just saying, let's not make it easy for them. Let's not concede. And then if we nick a goal here and there, that's fantastic. So I think something like a nil-nil again would be very possible. Um, Thomas Tuchel's got a week to prepare for the game but he doesn't know who the hell his squad is going to be he doesn't know how many positive tests are going to come up here and there to be fair Villa have had a few positive tests in the camp as well and that's why their game against Burnley was called off so it's hard to make predictions at this point because we don't know what the starting 11s of either the team are going to be but in in an ideal world I think if both teams can put out a strong 11 it'll still be a very tight game uh. I think just the way the form has been for both of them
1: fair, fair So the next fixture I want to talk about Is uh, City at home To Leicester And um, yeah Leicester are one of the teams Where They're just not having it this season Nothing is going right for them In terms of injuries uh, Covid uh, cases And everything Uh, They've been on a Definite poor run of form Uh, They've got 7 points Out of a possible 21 And uh, yeah Out of their last 7 games And the teams they're just losing to Are usually Teams which Sort of they beat, usually Leicester, you know, they're able to beat and like they've lost to Arsenal, they've lost to Chelsea, they've lost to Villa, and then losing dropping points, drawing to Leeds, drawing to Southampton. And yeah, I don't see it going any other way uh, against City. Maybe, like you said, Raúl, you need to be perfect and City have not have to be on their day. And I think the one bright light for Leicester is uh, Patson Daka, I think he played extremely well uh, in that 4-0 win against Newcastle, which was their last game. So they won la, their last game. But then again, it's Newcastle. Newcastle are so shit. <laughs> so going into this game, I think City are going to win it comfortably. That's that's how I see it happening. And then City play. Uh, this is another fixture on a, a review or so preview. Sorry, City against Arsenal away. So Arsenal, uh, a bit weird. I mean, they they they're not in bad form. They won their last three games on the bounce. And surprisingly, they've won all three where Abba Mayang has not been involved in the squad. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Abba has been stripped off his captaincy. Breaking. And yeah, breaking news is <laughs> sources have told me. <laughs> to <laughs> 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 he took an extra day off. In, uh, so he had to go to France to bring back his sick mother. And um, his mom has been you know fighting health issues for the longest time now. And uh, yeah, he was meant to return within the 24-hour window so that, you know, he doesn't need to, you know, isolate to, due to COVID and things like that. And our friend took an extra day off. La, and he was supposed to be back yes, in training MC. and he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> 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 <About laughs> last minute. La. <laughs> EMC. So, yeah. But the thing is, apparently this is not the first time that it's happened. And I think Arteta has been waiting for a while now and it's just his attitude I think you know his punctuality has always been a problem uh, I read a few articles which mentioned that uh, Tuchel had the same problem with him back in Dortmund uh, where you know training at 11 means uh, he will tell Abba Mang oh he starts at 10.45 and <laughs> still he'll be late yeah. like oh, five, 4, <laughs> 5, yeah. minutes or so well. But the difference is at Malaysia Dortmund, no. he was never going to be. <laughs> he was never going to be. I'm on the way, bro. I'm on the way. But I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. But in Dortmund, he wasn't going to be the captain. He had Arsenal. He is the captain and, uh, and was sorry, and yeah, <laughs> he's not leading by example. And yeah, leaving him out, I think, has been a big step for Teta. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of worked out in his favour. I think, you know, there's more trust in the youth players. I don't think it's fair to the other players. You know, when they see, like, what the hell, my captains are not coming on time. What the hell should I be coming yeah. on time? Yeah. On. But, exactly. yeah, players like uh, ESR, Saka, you know, Lacazette. Uh, these are the players that we said, if they're going to play well on their day, Arsenal are going to play well. But, you know, they're young players. There might be days where they're not going to have, you know, they're not going to be able to impose themselves. And um, I think that's what's going to happen against City. We've seen it against the big games, lah. Um, before they lost to City, they've lost to Liverpool and even United. You know, I mean that performance against United was so lackluster. And yeah, and I don't know why when it comes to that that big games, I don't see. I don't Arsenal. I'm not confident. They're not the same Arsenal as they were last season. And yeah, I see that uh, going City's way as well. So the final fixture. Okay, sorry guys, I I forgot to ask you what are your thoughts on it. Do you all disagree with me or?
0: No no, I, I mean, think I think that's all right. He's done really well yeah. but it's definitely a step too far for City And they don't and have to be. I think they're looking for top four. They just need to beat the other team. They don't need to lift the yeah. beat, you know. Yeah,
2: they're fourth Fair now. Enough. And based on your city review session, I don't see anyone yeah. uh putting up problems today. Yeah, them exactly. Anytime soon, yeah. Unless COVID cases go crazy lah, or something. Yeah.
1: Anything can happen.
2: Yeah. Literally. The
1: ball bo- <laughs> the ball is round. Okay, so the <laughs> then the final picture that game. we wanna <laughs> <laughs> the final fixture you want to preview is Chelsea at home to uh, against Liverpool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is a reverse fixture. So, Kaiser, why don't we? What do, should, should we talk about this?
2: I mean, if it goes through, I think it's on second or uh, second Jan. Jan uh, yeah. yeah. The following week. So the following yeah. week. Yeah. So the two title challenges. Even though City look like they are, I mean, to be fair, they're only three points ahead of Liverpool, and Liverpool are three points ahead of Chelsea. So it is still quite tight. Uh, up there so I mean the previous game the reverse game it was full of drama the James uh, handball on the line got a red card and at that time Chelsea's defence was elite and they just sat back and managed to absorb all the pressure that Liverpool were giving and so that felt like two drop points uh, for Liverpool at that time and so now considering Chelsea's more poorer run of form Liverpool before the Spurs game was having a great uh, winning streak as well uh, and so, uh, like you said, it's so much up in the air, right, with the COVID cases uh, and all that. It's so hard to predict what will happen. But Lukaku could return, uh, but he did a sub appearance recently and did not look anywhere near. <laughs> Time his for guys to shit on Lukaku. He's weakly. Yeah, I can out... it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. <laughs> So, mm. yeah, hopefully they won't bite me in the back, but I do not expect, I, I hope Lukaku plays and just plays like shit, lah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we have Van Dijk back, but Mane, Salah, Keita, I mean the FCON is expected to start January 9th, but it'll be crazy if it goes through, to be honest, and continues. Uh, but regardless, Mane, Salah, and Keita should be there, so that, that's a big boost.
1: Alright guys, I think that pretty much wraps up that segment and we're going to finish off this podcast with our score predictor. So um, right now, we have Rahul in third place with six points and then Ooh. we have Kaiza in second uh, with 10 points and then we have yours truly in 12 points uh, leading the pack. <laughs> wow. So uh, let's talk about the four fixtures that we want to predict. Uh, predict? <laughs> yeah. So the first one. Uh, Arsenal Sorry not even Arsenal Villa <laughs> versus Chelsea <laughs> He's too Can happy He's like first he Oh my god This <laughs> guy this is the guy Who's top <laughs> of the table oh my
2: god.
1: Villa against Chelsea Okay Rahul I'll go to you On that one what, what, How do you think That's going Nil-nil uh, Nil-nil Nil-nil
2: Kaisa you That's me I'll go for a draw as well So 1-1 one, one. I think 1-1 one, one. Yes
1: Okay shot um, I see it going Villa's way. Whoa, Stevie G, two one.
2: <laughs> Looking at our record, Chelsea is gonna win right, like this. Cause you're waiting for draws, right? <laughs> so this is <laughs> like, uh, easy. Chelsea,
1: you win. Okay, and then the second fixture would be City at home to Leicester.
2: Kaiser, I'm gonna go to you first. Hmm, this is just about getting the score right <laughs> mm. Uh, I'd say three 0 wish.
1: Rahul, what about you? Bro? 3 nil. Oof.
2: Both
1: 3-0 no, no to hesitation. City. Yeah? I... Yeah, 3-0. I'm just going to be safe this one because I'm not too sure also of the scoreline. <laughs> but yeah, obviously... City oh my, be. now he's
2: at the top. He wants to secure. His yeah, uh, secure.
1: Uh, <laughs> la. Okay, and then scoffing. we have City away to Arsenal. You go first. La. Okay, fair. Um, 2-0 <laughs> 2-0 mm, to City.
2: go
1: uh, 3-1 3-1 So you think Arsenal gonna score? Yeah Martinelli lah <laughs> la. <laughs> <laughs> Martinelli Martinelli uh, Same 3-0 three 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 oh, Not the same 3-0 wow. 3-0 three three Full Yeah you're a City fan actually <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright Then our last fixture <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea versus
2: Liverpool oh. Chelsea at home
1: so I think I'll go first. I haven't gone first, right? Oh, you I just gone went already?
2: the last one but
1: yeah, ah, this is tough man. Chelsea at home to Liverpool. Ah <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys, sorry guys. Um 2-0 to Liverpool. Okay. 2-0 to
2: Liverpool. Wow.
1: Yeah, Kaiser who, who which one of you want to go next? Uh I'll say 2-1. Two 2-1 one. Two one to Liverpool. Fuck we're gonna two lose one. like this for you guys uh,
2: if we're gonna play similar team um, I think I'll go for a draw 1-1 huh? i go for a <laughs> draw 1-1 one,
1: one. One, uh? I think you all go all out la, revenge so okay guys thank you very much for listening for today's pod was a bit long uh, but never mind la, you haven't heard our voices in quite a while so okay yeah. so everyone stay safe and we'll catch you in the next pod
0: Sonny is very lucky That his father is a better person than Ollie. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich
1: Next Tuesday April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester And that is you David Myers
2: Football heritage <laughs> No one wants
1: to be a fullback as a kid No one wants to grow up and
0: be a Gary
2: Neville But unfortunately Crimes And wars will multiply. I love football.